This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. Joining me this week, two sound effects from the 1960s Batman show, Kapow and Biff. I'm joined by Danny. Hello. And Paloma. Hello. Thank you so much for joining this week. This is a very exciting episode because we have the two newest members of IRCB on the show. I think you all know Danny a little bit. He was on a very recent episode. But Paloma, you were on an episode of the show way in the past, guesting for a moment, but now you're officially part of IRCB. Could you tell the folks at home just a little bit about yourself before we dive into today's episode? Yeah, I'm super happy and excited to be on the team. A little about me is I love comic books, as everyone here does. been reading since I was 11 when my mom uh, got me a DC Comics Encyclopedia. And uh, my big claim to fame is I currently work at a comic book store. So comics is life. Nice. And so for the folks at home who are curious, what what kind of comic books are you you into? What kind of books are you normally reading? Uh, Or what would be like your top three that you'd recommend? That last one's a hard one. But I guess give people a little bit of your vibe when it comes to comics. Yeah, I I do love capes. Uh, I love indie comics as well. I'm a big, I feel like Saga can't really be indie anymore, but... I was yeah. a huge Brian K. Vaughn fan. Love Paper mm-hmm. Girls right now. Boom Studios has been big with Seven Secrets wrapping up. I kind of just like adventure stuff. I love romance, magical girls, and I'm a huge, huge into manga. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. See, and this is why, Paloma, you are a natural fit for the show. We needed one more person just into a lot of really good fucking comic books. And that's what we're getting with you. I'm so excited. Well, I guess we should get into things. We should talk about comic books that we've been that we've been reading. So I gotta ask two legally mandated questions, and that is how have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with you, Danny. Uh Mike, I've been doing very well. Uh, I'm glad to be back, especially for this episode. I feel like this one is really right up my alley, but we'll get to that oh, in yeah. a minute. Oh, yeah. This week has been full of uh, gymnastics, which I was not uh, expecting. But after the hang, <laughs> after the hangout last night, uh, that's kind of what happened. So that was cool. But uh, comics have been really good this week. I mean, I read a lot of comics uh, just mm-hmm. throughout the week. It's always hard trying to pin down the, you know, the couple that I want to talk about on this stuff. But this week, it was an easy choice. Uh, it's my top of the it's my pick of the week for last time I was on the show or maybe last week when I was on the chat. Uh, Batman mm-hmm. One Bad Day Riddler number one from DC Comics. This is by Tom King and Mitch Gerrards with letters by Clayton Cowles. This book, they announced a bunch of one shots for this One Bad Day uh, brand. And <clears throat> I didn't know what to expect other than. We're going to get a lot of uh, books about Batman's rogues because he has one of the best rogues galleries in comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also like really cool creative teams just taking over and doing this one shot story. So this one did not disappoint. In this one, uh, we we go dive deep into the Riddler. Uh, the Riddler just killed a man in broad daylight for no reason. Uh, but Batman's trying to figure out what the game is. And that's kind of the, the rabbit hole we go down in. And cool. then you get Mitch Gerard's art. So, like, I can't really complain about that. Yeah. No, that's that's totally understandable. So, like, this one bad day thing, This is, is this, like, a, a story that's going on in, like, Detective? Or is it happening somewhere else? Or is this just, like, a little, like, side event thing of just, like, one shots that people are doing? I'm, I'm not following any of this stuff, obviously. Yeah, these are all uh, one shots. I think they're 48 pages. They're all prestige format. So, mm. you know, you're going to get the goods. None of that floppy paper uh, that, <laughs> that they've been putting out. Yeah, but how much are the single issues, with, like, each are they six dollars seven dollars each uh i they're definitely i think they're six dollars i'm not sure mike i don't look at the price (laughs) (laughs) you okay so the comic book shop really appreciates you you don't even care how the dollar amount that you're spending you just go i need that batman book that's right they they already know like i called in this week uh to my shop like because i forgot to let them know and uh the owner was like oh that's already in your in your drawer like don't worry about it and i was like i knew it like when you build a good relationship with your comic store owner, like they they just know what you want before you even want it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was that was really cool. It gave me a lot of vibes of like, uh, you know, the tone of the the recent Batman movie, where it's more of a yeah. thriller and yeah. more about like and and it's it's a different Riddler than the one we got in the movie. Uh, but I got a lot of those same vibes of like just the tone of the book, which feels pretty dark for Tom King. He usually goes for like definitely sad. But not mm-hmm. not dark like this. This really feels like Riddler really stepped up his game. 
Uh, and we hmm. we get a little bit of his backstory, which I don't know how much we know from the past. Like it's it's been a while since I read a, a like a Riddler origin story, um, but it looks like they're gonna go with this going forward. So it's a very very exciting book. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So uh, but very cool, uh, Paloma. What about you? All right, I think comics is real good right now. I'm just <laughs> loving everything coming out from Boom Studios. And one of them, I think is one of their like offshoots is coming from Archaea. It's called Flavor Girls. Issue two just came out. Yes. It's by Loish Locatelli Korsky. Kornsky? Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to that person. Love your work. Big fan. Um, and it's magical girls, but their power source seems to be coming from fruits and vegetables. There's some sort of mother nature tree that um, outside aliens want to have her power. And it's like these this group of girls, unassuming young women thrust into greatness and all that. Um, the art is phenomenal. It has like gray kind of like anime faces of like, wow, what's happening? Mm-hmm. I, I dig the art and I'm excited to see maybe like the power of friendship come up because right now, we're following like the last member gaining her powers kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And I, I really dig it very early, early 2000s kind of like anime magical girl vibe. Yeah, I read the first issue of this. I have I, I don't know. Did the second issue just come out recently? I think, I I think it came it. out last week, maybe. Yeah, it did. OK, I, yeah, I read the first issue and I, I loved it. It's so much fun. Um, I, I saw some I think somebody said they compared it to like Lumberjanes to a certain extent. And yeah. I, I can see that. And yeah, this book is like, it feels like very French and yes. also like very anime inspired at the same time, which makes me think that it's somehow French Canadian. That's like my best guess. Uh, but either way, I, I absolutely love the look of this book. Um, part of me wonders if it would be better as an OGN, but I understand yeah. like the hard sell between like an OGN versus single issues. Um, re- needless to say, this is going to be a great addition to my bookshelf once all the collected edition comes out. Yeah, because it's it's so effing good the, the first episode had a really strong opening sequence like yeah and i was like i'm I, I was in before we even got to like the main thing of the book uh yes. so yeah yeah this this i'm so glad that you picked this book because i i absolutely love flavor girls and boom i feel like every once in a while they get one of those books that you're just like this is an instant winner like Right? You could recommend this to anyone who wants just a feel-good comic, an action book, like one of those anime-inspired books, kind of how you describe that's aimed at maybe a slightly younger audience, and everybody's going to have a good time if you recommend this to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly, exactly. All right, Mike, how's comics? Uh, you know, things have been things have been interesting. I've had an incredibly busy week. Um, I have way too much tabletop RPG stuff going on in my life, like too many D&D games to play. It's, woe is me. Woe <laughs> is me. Um, but I, I did manage to sit down and read some comics when I wasn't like overly exhausted from working and playing games and doing all sorts of other house maintenance things. Um, I did sit down and read Aquaman Andromeda number two. This is written by Rom V with art by Christian Ward, letters by Aditya Bidikar. All I can say is, is this book perfect in every single way? Like, I certainly think so. Uh, I walked into the comic shop to grab my physical copy of this book because this book is too beautiful to not own and hold in your hands. Uh, And they gave me like a variant cover in my pull. And I looked at the guy at the shop and he looked back at me and I looked down at the book and he said, you want the lightsaber variant? I said, of course I want the lightsaber (laughs) variant. So I like ran back to the shelves and I grabbed the last copy that had the black manta on the cover holding his his underwater sword, which I know is not a lightsaber, but it's definitely a lightsaber. I know I talked about this on the show when I had made this my pick of my week a while ago. But yeah, had to grab that. But I I love this book. It's it's beautiful inside and out. Uh, the story is incredibly mysterious, and it's it touches your mind in a way that's very weird. It like begs this question of: Is this an Aquaman book? Is this is this more than an Aquaman book? Uh, it, it forces you to like ponder the depths of your own mind, like understanding your faults and facing them. And this book covers or jumps between a couple of different characters, everyone but Aquaman, as they are discovering this weird mechanical thing in the water. Um, And we don't really know what it is. And there's some stuff that gets revealed in this issue. But like the question of the depths and the infinite like deepness of the world's ocean that we live in. And the only person that truly understands it is Aquaman and the kind of 
naivete of all of the humans in this story as they say, yeah, 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 we can get down there. We can understand this thing. Whatever crash landed in the ocean, we can handle it. We don't need this monstrosity of Aquaman to help us because no one actually believes that he's real in the first place. I think Rom V takes a lot of liberties with this story by not telling us a lot about the world and the the story that it takes place in and instead kind of slowly reveals things as we meet other characters and their perception of the world and you see how those perceptions clash with their own like origins in the fact that we see these flashbacks of people and they become relevant to the story and then now kind of in like a a really just like dark way so I, I don't know. Is this an Aquaman book? Aquaman book? I don't know, but it's the ocean is scary and deep, and so are we are all. That's kind of like the premise of this book. I fucking love it, and I'm so excited to like read the next issue, which is supposedly going to be the last one. So like, uh, I'm shaking. I need more of this book. I'm I'm really glad to hear you talk so much about the story because whenever Christian Ward is on a book. It's easy to just talk about the art and just get mm-hmm. enthralled by the art and really kind of oh, forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The art looks great. Like, yeah. well, whatever. Like, <laughs> the art is fantastic. I don't mean to like downplay that, but it is truly a combination of the storytelling ability of Ram V understanding the strengths of Christian Ward to deliver just like some spooky, scary, psychedelic stuff all at once. It's amazing. I mean, but the story is what's killing it for me. Like, and I know that's maybe mm-hmm. slightly shallow, but like Christian Ward's art is stupendous. That should go without saying. I put his name on the, there's names on the book. You should know what you're getting, yeah. but yeah, I totally, totally get that. I know a lot of people probably just talk about the art, but it is the story for me that is kicking ass. Well, I, I hope that once you're done with this, maybe you'll check out Ram V's detective comics because I, I feel I, I get a lot of similar vibes. That's that's on my list. I have it in my backpack right now to to read. And this is the stuff that took place right before the Zadarsky run right now. Uh, this is it's kind of a separate track. They they're telling different stories, but it mm-hmm. it's all happening at the same time. Like Detective Comics, okay. is the, his second issue is coming out this week. Uh, yeah, they, they, I think DC figured out like let's tell good stories and then worry about how to how we figure out the continuity. You know, we'll fix that gotcha. later in post. Oh wait. Right, Zdarsky's on Batman. Yeah, not... yeah, yeah. Okay, I had the two mixed up. Yeah, whatever. There's so too many books with the bat symbol on it. How am I supposed <laughs> to keep track of all of it? Now, I want you all to recite to me every X-Men title that's available. <laughs> um, anyways, let, let's bounce back. <laughs> I don't want to go down that rabbit hole that I know. Uh, Danny, um, well, <laughs> what else have you been reading? Mike, that was an excellent segue because not only did I read a Batman book, my yeah, other yeah. thing is an X-Men book. Uh, my the book I picked is to talk about is New Mutants twenty eight. This nice. is unfortunately is the last book in uh, Vita Ayala and Rod Reese's art um work yep. together. I don't know if either of them will come back uh to the book. It looks like we have a new writer for the next issue. Uh, so this last arc uh it spans from issue twenty five to twenty eight, which I also feel like is just a good jumping on point for New Mutants. Like it's a very uh the arc is just pretty much uh very very self-contained uh so yeah mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. Vita Yella writing uh Rod Reason art with John Dursema doing some flashback pages uh very fantasy oriented this book uh and then we have Travis Lanham on letters and and the reason I really love it is because it focuses on magic I love Ileana Rasputin mm-hmm. uh she's had such an amazing arc from the time you know originally from the New Means book back in back in the day to now uh, but because she's been doing so much stuff with uh, Krakoa and all that, uh, she kind of forgot about what's going on in Limbo and like the consequences of her uh, not being, you know, not paying enough attention to Limbo are coming up in this book and in this whole mm-hmm. arc. So I really love that. Rod Reese is one of my favorite artists on New Mutants, like just like next to Sienkiewicz, uh nope. like it's probably Reese. So, yeah, this book is just so much fun, and I'm glad it was as good as it was for all four issues of this last arc. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you say that because I have been super torn about this last arc because it's so much writing. It's so much, I don't want to say fluff, but it feels extremely fluffy, and I don't know why. I, I feel like Ileana Rasputin is an interesting character to me, but all of these flashbacks to Limbo and her as a little girl are like extremely draining on my life essence for some reason. Like I just can't seem to get engaged with them, but like, it's still, it's still good. Like the overall story is good. It's just like the page to page writing is just not clicking for me. 
Yeah, I th- I think the upside for me is that I've never read the original Nubian stuff. I only know about it like listening to other podcasts or like Same. YouTube videos and stuff. So it's really cool to see it back on the page because then I'm like, oh, this is what was happening. This is what Sim looks like, or you know, Belasco, which who's he's not as much in the book, but he's a big part of uh, Ileana's origin. Also, the group mm-hmm. of mutants that she's traveling around with, like Danny, and then. Madeline Pryor for some reasons also there. Uh Wolvesbane. Yeah. yeah. Uh I mean Madeline Pryor makes sense. She's also really involved with Limbo. But but yeah, I think that's what attracted me to the book. Uh and and it was fun. It was just I it was really kind of like a, a fantasy story that I was reading, like a fairy tale for the with which is with X-Men characters in it. I, I feel like if I read all of these issues at once and I had like the momentum going, I'd probably be more into it. But going from like a pretty laid back issue of anything else to this is like it is an abrupt change of pace um i feel like i need to either make this the first book that i read or the very last book that i read of the night i can't put this right in the middle bedtime story (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah uh paloma what else are you reading uh i just blasted through uh sakamoto days by yuto suzuki it's a new ongoing shonen jump series volume three just came out maybe like last week or so and the basic premise follows a guy named sakamoto he runs a convenience store and his big twist is that he used to be one of the top assassins in japan and now he uh doesn't exercise anymore so he has classic dad bod he has a little baby girl and a beautiful Mm -hmm. wife and someone put a bounty on his head and so now that life is calling back to him and it's just a grand old time. When I first started reading it, I'm like, "Oh, I'm, I'm having fun. This is this is like pretty pretty standard action shonen stuff. I like the art." Mm-hmm. And then I just became sucked in with like the overarching plot. I'm like, "I need to know what's going on. What's the conspiracy here?" And it's very funny. Love like the detailed artwork. It kind of reminds me of like Yu Yu Hakusho art when it's like in its prime. Interesting. But yeah, I'm I'm digging it. I'm I'm all caught up. I think there's like 82, 83 chapters on the Shonen Jump mm-hmm. app right now. But it's it's good stuff. You're like the fourth person that has been like, I really love this, and it's really really fun. It's between like this and Spy Family. I can't figure out which which series I'm gonna binge next. Um, so I don't know. Flip a coin, I guess. Maybe I'll I'll do a poll in the Discord and see if someone wants to, uh, you know, if people want to vote and see what I'm gonna read next. We'll see. Yes, both are both are good. My brother put me onto this. He's a, a Shonen Jump app fiend, and I needed something new on my on my lunch break to read. And then I now read it at home because nice. nice. I can't wait. All right, Mike, what have you got next? Well, the other book that I read this week, uh, another manga for the show. It's it's one that is an old hat at this point because I've been reading it and speaking it's in my love for it for quite a while now. But this is Way of the House Husband, Volume 8. This is by Kasuki Ono. If you haven't heard of this book, you should. The quick sum up is Tatsu, a Yakuza assassin turned house husband, must be the best house bus- husband he can be. Uh, in order to do so, he has to he uses his unique approach to tackling seemingly mundane problems of being a home worker, cleaning, making dinner, grocery shopping, finding the perfect gift for his wife. All things are serious. Dot dot dot. Deadly serious. This is the funniest manga that you can buy, as far as I'm concerned volumes have included stories of you know tatsu having to go find the cheapest cabbage that he can find but of course everybody at the grocery store is seen as an enemy so he treats it as such um not actually performing any violence towards anyone though he could uh he just the way that the dialogue is written it it sounds like it came out of one of those yakuza games right uh it's really really funny in that regard every situation is approached like that and this volume continues this goofy premise of the book it's incredibly enjoyable um from personal safety to a friendly baking rivalry like ono finds a way to take the simplest things that you could imagine and angle them as grim and gritty until the final moments of each scene uh it's a joke on repeat every single volume and yet i find it hilarious every time we get a small cast of characters that grow throughout the series we meet tatsu's former like protege i guess or like just another guy who was in the gang that he was originally in this guy sees tatsu as a house husband and he's like well what is he doing that i should know maybe i should also try to like live this life of a solitary person out in the suburbs of japan 
Um, it's really, really funny. Uh, and the, the bonus of this volume is that uh, we get a extra special chapter of the fictional manga slash anime series that runs throughout all of way of the house husband called crime catch polycure which is a magical girl series about police officers it's amazing and adorable um uno wrote the the story and someone else drew it because their art style doesn't really mesh with that of like a magical girl story but the fact that it all like comes together is very very funny and you can totally see why tatsu's wife uh, loves this series. It's it's really cute and really fun. Um, and of course, the end of that chapter is <laughs> we cut to Tatsu watching the anime and going, "Oh shit! Now my wife's going to want to buy all these little toys that they're an- they're advertising <laughs> at the end of this thing." It's very funny. But yeah, for a book that's just like super goofy, each of the chapters are really really short. It's it's an enjoyable experience every time I get a new volume, and I can't wait for the ninth volume to come out. Um, even though it's probably going to be like another half year, almost a whole year. But I, I love this series. If you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend the first volume. It, you will have a blast if you're just looking for a good, wholesome, fun time that has like dark, nefarious, dark, nefarious like origins. But like it's extremely wholesome despite all that. It's really, really fun. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's move on to comics that we're looking forward to write or reading in the future. Not writing, maybe writing in the future, but reading in the future. Comics that are on the top of our pile, anything new or old. Every week we talk about comic books that we're looking forward to. So let's dig right into that. And let's start with you, Danny. What's on the top of your pile? Uh, what? Let's see. Well, I, I wanted to pick something that was not Batman and or X-Men, which is hard. <laughs> it, it's tough to do. Like if you look at my pull list. Uh, but I went with something new that I haven't, I have no idea anything about other than the creative team. So this is uh, Minor Threats from Dark Horse Comics, written by Pan Oswald and Jordan Bloom, with art by uh, Scott Hepburn, colors by Ian Herring, and letters by Nate Picos. Uh, the book focuses on some C-list villains in that universe. After one of the big bats kills the main hero's sidekick, uh, the heroes then turn that world into a police state. And our main characters are kind of caught in the middle of that. That sounds that sounds fun to me. Knowing that Pat Oswalt and Jordan Bloom are doing this book, I know it's going to be mm-hmm. more towards the funny side because I've read their Modoc and 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 I think they, I know Pat Oswalt's read uh, wrote Modoc, and then he's written like Deadpool and stuff in the past. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can I can skew that way for sure. So the cover looked really cool. It looked interesting, and I wanna I wanna read more capes. But also with a, with a twist, right? I think that's kind of the one of the big uh, tropes right now. Like, how do, how can we change up capes to make them a little bit more interesting or different from what DC and Marvel are doing? So, I'm excited. It looks looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, the cover looks solid. I mean, like it it looks like a classic comic book cover, but you know, with a it's got an interesting creative team. So I'd be curious to know what your thoughts are. I mean, the preview looks pretty cool. I will say that. Um, but hopefully, we'll see if it delivers. Let me know. Paloma, what are you looking forward to reading next? I'm pretty stoked to get caught back up on Die Dark by Q Hayashida. She's the creator of oh. Dorohidoro. Yeah. Yeah. And I read the first volume a while ago, and the fourth, vo- the fourth volume just came out. And I have all the other ones. I just haven't sat down and read it yet. Her mm-hmm. worlds are just so wild and zany pretty pretty gross i don't really know what's happening yeah. but i'm i'm enchanted i'm ensorcelled and uh <laughs> die dark follows this teen teen boy named zaha sanko series takes place in outer space and there's a rumor that if you possess his bones they'll grant you uh any wish you want and so it's just this teen boy with like this talking backpack skeleton thing question mark Going okay. through space, running around, avoiding people. Um, if anyone has watched or read Dorohidoro, you know there's hot ladies in there. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I'm excited for. That's awesome. I, I'm in the middle of reading through all of Dorohidoro, and I love it for the exact reasons that you just pointed out. It's wild, zany, and a little gross. <laughs> that is the perfect description. I would also add a little asterisk of like extremely violent yes. um, to at least to Dorohidoro. I don't know about Die Dark, but I saw that there was a new volume of this, and I was like, oh, so after I finish Dorohidoro, I can just read another series by Hayashida because I love everything that they do. Oh, my gosh. I'm so addicted. Oh, yes. It's, it's good stuff. All right. Mike, what's on your to-read pile? Well, for me, I guess before I get into me, I should shout out some of the folks hanging out with us on Discord today. Uh, our buddy Kevin 
who's running the Austin Danger podcast, is looking forward to reading AXE, or AXE, I shouldn't say AXE, Kieran Gillen hates it, AXE Judgment Day number one. I think they're getting caught up on the Judgment Day stuff. Uh, Hugh is looking forward to reading New Masters number six, and Brian, I cannot believe this, is reading is looking forward to reading the Evanescence Echoes from the Void number one comic book from the band Evanescence. Uh I just want to say, I thought this was going to be published by Z2 Publishing. It's published by someone else. Um, there is a a slew of these like semi-popular creators, I guess like music makers and other things, creating comic books, which is so wild to me. I ordered a book from Z2 Comics recently, and <laughs> I randomly also got mailed as well as, on top of the book that I ordered, which is the last podcast on the left, like horror anthology thing that they do. Um, they also sent me a copy of Poppy's Inferno which is the artist known as Poppy. If you haven't heard of Poppy, you should go look her up. Just Google Poppy music. I You'll have a good time or a bad time, probably. Uh, and if you like what you saw, then you should also go read Dave Baker's Everyone is Tulip because it was kind of inspired by Poppy and a couple of other people on the internet. Um, anyways, I got a copy of that and it's totally random and I just wanted to bring it up because we talked about it uh, earlier before we started recording. But anyways, that's what Brian's looking forward to. Um, I'm very curious to know if this Evanescence book delivers. I I hope it Um, syncs to the songs. I just want to to hear with the soundtrack of like, bring me to life. Just put on the daredevil soundtrack from 2003 and let it rip. It stole my bit, Danny. I was going to say, I hope this book brings me to life. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) That's all right. Uh, well, but the book that I'm looking forward to this week um, is Tales from, excuse me, Tales of the Human Target Number One. This is written by Tom King, art by Michael Janin, uh, Kevin McGuire, and Greg Smallwood. And like, I'm such a sucker for this book. I don't even care. Human Target. I, I love this book unconditionally. Something about the way that Tom King has approached this extremely slow, slow, slow paced mystery that's not really a mystery really just clicks in my head um it looks like this book is going to be a series of stories about christopher chance who is the quote-unquote human target and the members of justice league international in his pursuits before drinking the poison that basically opens the human target series um with an all-star cast like this on the issue i mean it's going to be the most beautiful book in the in publishing history i think uh maybe at least for 2022 i mean you can't go wrong with michael janin and greg smallwood i'm not completely familiar with kevin mcguire's art and I think Raphael Albuquerque, you know, yeah, Raphael Albuquerque, I think is also on this book. But anyways, a lot of really amazing, talented creators. And so I'm very excited to see what happens. Um, and I don't really know what it is, though. But something about Tom King's books, I never feel like intimidated about trying a book he's writing featuring characters I know nothing about. Like, I don't really know the Justice League International, at least for whatever time in space that Tom King has decided to write the human target about. Um, but I never feel intimidated, right? Like, when I was reading all of his Batman stuff, I never felt intimidated by any of the like random characters that he would bring in. And they're all pretty classic Batman rogues gallery characters. But like with the human target, every time someone gets brought in, I never feel like lost. Right. I think King is able to deliver a quick synopsis of everybody through character interaction and like caption boxes in a way that doesn't feel like I'm reading paragraphs about of, of synopsis. Instead, I just get the gist of a character and I'm able to run with it. Like I appreciated how that was delivered, especially with the green lantern character that was in the human target, who was like a total a-hole. And from my understanding, that character is known as being a total a-hole, but Tom King, like somehow manages to, to deliver the essence of who he was in a couple of lines of dialogue. And I got it from there and I didn't need to know any more about their history or anything. So I'm excited for what this is going to be. It should be a lot of fun. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to this week. Very cool. Yeah, with Kevin Moore. I mean, Kevin Moore had like probably the longest run in J and Justice League International. Uh, okay, I'm sure okay. you've seen that cover with everyone looking up. Oh, uh, yes. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm very excited for that book as well. But Mike only lets us pick one. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny, it's my podcast. Um, all right, well, let's take a quick break. <laughs> And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the Bat family and the damaged children of a one Mr. Bruce Wayne. Uh, It's the whole reason I brought Danny and Paloma on this episode. I mean, we know two big DC fans. So we'll be back in just a second. This week on I Read Comic Books, we're going to be talking about Nightwing and the Bat Fam, the damaged children of a one Mr. Bruce Wayne. Uh, I was curious because this is Paloma's 
first episode, and we've got longtime DC diehard Batman lover extraordinaire Danny here on the show. Paloma said that you were inter- you said that you were interested in talking about Batman and stuff like that, as well as a bunch of other topics. So I wanted to just like put the two of you to the test and really see how much you love Batman. No, I really wanted to know what your favorite Batman ward is, who they are, why they're your favorite, what's your history with them. So I guess let's start with you, Paloma. Like, who's your favorite Bat Kid and why? Who? Favorite one singular Bat Kid. I initially thought Nightwing, and then literally mm-hmm. just now, I might say Cassandra Kane. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's your, I guess, what's your history with that character? And why did, why, how did she manage to move dick bats off of the the top (laughs) of the podium? (laughs) Well, reading it like as a, as a youth, as a teen, like you're going to love Nightwing. You saw him grow via various forms of media. And then Mm -hmm. uh, you seem going to be cool, cool guy Nightwing, cool guy Dick Grayson. But Cassandra Kane, I feel like as a girl reading Bat Fam, I was like, this girl's cool. This girl's quiet. I was shy at the time, and she was quiet for a very different reason than shyness, but I was like, kind of relatable. I mm. just loved seeing her character growth. I love I love it when like the girls are literally the best fighters, um, and I, I, she just has a very special place in my heart. I also think her Batgirl costume uh, is the coolest. Definitely. Danny, Danny, do you have any history with Cassandra Cain? Uh, mostly more recent stuff. Like I, I'm really enjoying the Bad Girls uh, ongoing. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, there anything that happened during the New 52 run, I, I, she was all over the place too. So I, I like her character a lot. I haven't read much of her as Bad Girl uh, per se from, from before that. But mm-hmm. yeah, kick-ass character for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, I I think my only knowledge of Cassandra Kane came from years and years and years ago, Paloma, when we met in our old co- college comic book club, uh, and there were a couple of people that were very into the Bat Family, and I found out, <laughs> oh, there was more than just the Robins, um, yeah. and then everyone looked at me and they were like, Mike, how dare you? And I said, <laughs> I only read X Men. You know, it was a lot of like pointing and yelling and screaming and stuff. But oh, yeah, that's yes. that's interesting. I mean, Cassandra Kane, I guess like. Do you have like a brief history or guess like what's some of the, your favorite stories that you've read with this character? Yeah, I think her brief history, if I can remember people's names right, is that she was raised by some sort of DC villain whose last name is Kane. I can't remember mm-hmm. his first name, but he's like a top assassin. She might be the daughter of Lady Shiva, question mark, um, as well. But she was trained to be an assassin from birth. She n- knows how to kill. She was she was a killer Bella. She uh, was also like couldn't speak for quite some time, probably due to trauma. Mm. And then Batman found her and saw that she was a child, took her in, and she just grew up with like the like the Bat Fam. Was very hesitant, and then eventually grew to be part of the crew and became Batgirl. I think gotcha. during No Man's Land is kind of her era for context. That's when she came about. Okay, and there was that okay. earthquake in Gotham. So very early 2000s, question mark, maybe. <laughs> We're not going to hold it to the dates. You know, it's been 20 plus years. <laughs> yes. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, that's that's her vibe. And now she's um, just awkward, but good friends with everybody. Gotcha. Very cool. Well, I guess before we dig any deeper on that, I guess, Danny, let's let's go to you. What's what's your who's your favorite bat child? Um, and I guess what's your history with them? Uh, well, I mean, I love all the bat children as if they were no, my no, own. No, 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 Danny. But <laughs> we're not playing that. You got to pick one. I did. I, I did pick one because I saw the question. Uh, it's it's Tim Drake. Like, there's not even. I'm not even hesitant nice. about this. Tim Drake is my favorite Robin. Uh, I I think I like him the most because he became Robin because of his because it was his decision to become Robin. Right? He sought it mm. out. Whereas all the well, the majority of the other sidekicks, like, you know, they were kind of in no position to choose. And Batman kind of brought him in. But mm-hmm. Tim Drake, he's such a good detective. I also feel like, and this may be a, a hot take, I feel like he's also the best replacement for Batman in the future. And maybe that's a whole other show. Wow. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's my boy. And he didn't have a lot of trauma until later on in his uh <laughs> comics career because <laughs> yep. you know i i guess the characters eventually need it 
Uh, but yeah, he was just a happy-go-lucky kid. He wanted to do good things. He was smart, and uh, uh, yeah, that that's what I love about Tim Drake. Like he's my boy, and he keeps getting his character keeps evolving. Right? It's it's been very recent that uh, he came out. As by and I'm very happy mm-hmm. just to see that his character can still evolve after so I, he's not that old of a character, but he's been around for a long time. So right, big fan. Do of you Drake. have like a do you have like a favorite run that that features Tim Drake? Uh, it is, this also might be controversial, but I really like his first run was on the stuff I read with him was him as Red Robin on the Teen Titans New Fifty Two. Okay, uh, I know a lot of people don't like that run. I. It was when I started reading comics. It was my first exposure to like uh, a big group of superheroes with the, with the Teen Titans. I only really knew them from the cartoon prior to that. Uh, but and it's the first it's the first run of the New Fifty Two that I finished like all the way through. Like I collected all the issues, uh, and he was the leader throughout most of that. So that's probably my favorite. Uh, it's not the best as far as like quality and storytelling, but it introduces a lot of fun characters, and it's cool to see Tim Drake in the lead role as like the leader of the group. Mm-hmm. I I guess Paloma, what's what's your history with Tim Drake? I, I are you a fan? Not a fan? I'm I'm a big Tim Drake fan as well. Um, he was technically like the Rob. He he was the Robin when I was started started reading. And okay. I first read him in in a Teen Titans book, but it was Jeff Johns, and I can't remember the artist's name, but it had like the mix of like your classic Teen Titans, and then it had like Tim Drake, Wonder Girl, but Cassie Wonder Girl, and then Connor Kent Superboy, and I mm. I really liked him. I did like that he wasn't someone that Batman initially adopted because tim at the time had a father um mm-hmm. and i just thought he was so cool he's su- i i do agree with danny that i think he would be the best batman if we're going off of detective work he's got a great head on his shoulders his whole thing he became robin did we already say because he'd like found out that bruce wayne was batman uh, I don't think we said that, but I didn't know that. Yeah. I, yeah. See, this is, I have so many blank spots in my mind about the whole Bat family. And that's half the reason I brought you on here. I need someone to just download this information <laughs> into my head. But that's interesting. I, I didn't know that that was the case. Yeah, he's he's really talented. And then I feel like whatever the era after New 52, I don't know. He just gets shafted quite a bit, just thrown to the wayside. Interesting. Well... Uh, before i guess we because i do have a lot more questions about the bat family in general but i do want to say i guess for me my pick was just damien um if only because that's the most like robin that i've read i guess Mm. like my my history with reading batman and robin right because i've read plenty of just batman stories but there's not a lot of batman and robin stories that i've personally read outside of grant morrison's batman and robin right Mm -hmm. so because i remember i picked that up right after it was announced, I heard that Batman died and I was like, there's no way Batman's dead. See, they did a Batman and Robin book. And then I read about, you know, what that was. And I was like, oh, snap. Who's this new kid? He's so feisty. I'm getting booed in the chat right now. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I was really excited. I like I like Damien. And then, of course, I met, you know, plenty of people that told me more about the Bat family and stuff. So I had some some background on things. But even still, I love Damien. I love just how snarky and shitty he was. And then recently for a better Batmobile, right? Uh, everyone should go listen to that on Patreon, patreon.com slash IRCB podcast. Uh, you can you know hear about all sorts of things, including this run of Batman and Robin, reading through all of the Batman and Robin stuff where where uh, and all the other Batman stories as part of that run of uh, Morrison's run. Uh, it was interesting to see all of the various Bat family members that get brought into the story, but then coming back and still realizing, you know what? I still really like Damien, but I have a newfound appreciation for the rest of the Bat family just because of the, the various runs that Morrison did that told different stories about those characters, um, especially the relationship between Damien and Dick because of how well they work together. That that last bit of Batman Incorporated that I just recently read for A Better Batmobile uh, was extremely touching because Damien doesn't have a heart except for in those final moments of that run. So Ah, just love that little feral boy. So and, feral. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's great. I, I definitely gained a new appreciation for Damien revisiting the series with uh, with a better Batmobile and reading along with uh, with those episodes, which I highly recommend anybody that's listening to this. Go check it out. The first, the first episode of that is uh, on the main feed 
from a few weeks ago. It's really good. Paul and everyone around, everyone, the, the cast just did a really good job of breaking down that run that it's kind of legendary. And then once Damien comes in, it's kind of over. Like he takes over the show, really. Totally. Totally. So, and I guess, so your history, Danny, with, with the character, I guess, and Paloma, I'll let you jump in too. Like your history with the character, is it just reading those books or is it, is it other things? I don't really know other stuff that Damien's been in. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's mainly that, uh, but I have, I mean, he keeps popping in and out of, ba- I, like I said, I read most of the Batman ongoings and I'm very excited about this upcoming uh, Batman versus Robin book that Mark Waite's doing in a few weeks, uh, which it, yes. which is Damien uh, versus, you know, his dad. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm very excited. He's he's just a cool character. It, it's hard to pick. That's why I said I love all the Robins because yeah, you know they each have their own thing. Yeah, Paloma, what about you? What's your what's your history with Damien? Um, I believe I was subscribed probably like as like a a teen, maybe early college kid to like the Batman run when Grant Morrison took over and Damien was introduced, and I I loathed this child. I thought he was such a little brat. Um, I was like, wow, why would Bruce have the worst kid? Uh, then as time went by, um, he, and he like grew up and then I, he grew on me. I did read the first volume of Batman and Robin, but it's Tomasi and Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason. It's their pretty, I think, well-known run. And so I read the first volume and Damien is still feral, but it was him trying to be less feral maybe by less feral i mean to not kill people um right right and then i mean that's a that's a pretty iconic run too like yeah. i don't mean to to downplay that i just i've never read it but i remember when it was coming out people were like peter tomasi is the greatest batman writer ever yeah. i remember there being a lot of yelling about that yeah. in in the in a good way yeah I, I i oh go ahead danny i was just gonna say i love damien's propensity to just adopt whatever creature he finds along the way yes <laughs> because it, it escalates right it starts with the bad cow and then he gets a cat and then eventually uh-huh. he gets like this goliath gargoyle thing that's mm-hmm. a giant in in that run uh i think it's in that tomasi run yeah uh, yeah really yeah. really really fun stuff yeah i do want to shout out kevin the chat who is who is calling us out before we mentioned Tomasi run because criminally underrated I think is totally right I think that that run probably doesn't get talked about as much because Snyder's new 52 so dominated the Batman world for a while like that book was it was hard to bring it up because everything that was happening with the new 52 but yeah that's that's totally true that Tomasi run I think is had a lot of really fun implications for the character um just from the things that I've heard yeah um not actually reading it Tomasi gets a bad rep for just undoing whatever Morrison did uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, that's the that's the storytelling, right? You have to kind of keep that going. So definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I guess like beyond some of our favorites, I guess like you guys have been you guys read a lot more Batman and stuff like that uh, than me. So beyond your favorite characters, I mean, do you have favorite runs of the Bat family in general? Are there any stories that really stick out when you think about this isn't just a Batman story? This is a Bat family story. Uh, Danny Paloma, whoever wants to jump in. Uh, I can kick us off because what I'm going to recommend, it's like probably the most accessible point uh, ever. It's actually mm-hmm. not even a comic. It's the webtoon Wayne Family oh. Adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the most wholesome thing you can see with all the characters. You get all of the bad family on there. Uh, it, it is a lot of fun and it's free to read, which is one of the best things. Like you don't have to pay for it. It's on the webtoons app. Uh, and it's just it's still ongoing and it's 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 been so successful that it's been leading to DC doing more webtoons, which I think it's it's a good way for them to um, just kind of go get more 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 readers. Right. Uh, and you, yeah, every every character gets a spotlight. Like, I love that everyone's in it. Cassandra Duke, like oh, even all the new kids uh, or the newer kids are, are part mm-hmm. of this run. Uh, and they focus on when they're hanging out outside of I guess I was going to call it work. But but yeah, when they're hanging out outside of work, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that's right. So I I love it. It's it's so much fun. Uh, the art is great, and it it's just very goofy. Uh, I love when they fight about Alfred's cookies, like who's gonna get the last one. Uh, so just definitely wholesome stuff like that. Yeah, I'm also a big fan of that webtoon series. I think it totally like encap encapsulates like what i love about the bat family and like from what i think is probably like one of like their greatest eras is just like featuring those 
like modern classic characters like Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Cain, Kim Drake, and mm-hmm. then you got like New Kid Duke, the Sig the Signal, who's like the newest newest ward of Batman. And mm-hmm. it's just a good time. I just love sli- I just love slice of life Bat family. Right. See, this is this is one thing that I appreciated about the run at Death in the F- Death of the Family. Um and I know that like it has its ups and downs. I know some people like it and some people don't. But there are a few moments in that arc. I remember wanting to really, really read that because I was trying to read all Snyder's Batman run and I fell off like after this volume, I think maybe two volumes after. Um, but I love that there were a lot of moments of just the Bat family being the Bat family and like them going to the Batman McDonald's place and then eating food together and like seeing the way that they interact. I think Snyder, you know, for better or for worse, really nailed the family dynamic there, like the big brothers, big sisters, younger brothers, younger sisters, like dynamic that existed. And I know that didn't include the entire Bat family, but it did include a bunch of them and i am i am i getting this confused maybe i'm not i don't know um i think i'm getting this confused with the tim with the the tom king run so apologies at home folks batman stories just go in one ear and out the other for me um <laughs> but either way i i think like the death of the family arc i thought was really really good it showed a lot of more than just batman having to deal with struggles but just like the implications of everything that he's done and now that i say this out loud i definitely think this is the tom king run where they were eating like at this thing so there's two bits of batman lore that stick out in my head i just can't keep them tracked in my head um but yeah that that kind of slice of life stuff really really hits home um like when you when you actually get to have them the the bat family like take a breath and interact with each other in a way that's not just we got to solve this crime oracle figure it out you know <laughs> nothing like that yeah for sure i i love that stuff like i wish we would get more books that are just mainly about that and not just mm-hmm. about like crime fighting crime fighting is cool and i like it uh but i also really love that other stuff yeah Paloma, what about you? What are what are some recommendations you you throw out there for people um, or about other characters that we haven't mentioned yet today so much? Yeah, I'd say we have some good mod like stuff happening right now. Some current runs. Uh, I personally really like Nightwing right now, and that's Tom Taylor writing with Bruno Redondo on art, and the art just like really pops. It has like those little like comic book hip textures if you will on like nightwing mm-hmm. and i'm always a sucker for that and it's taking place post uh dick's rick era where he was <laughs> shot in the head and then lost some memories and went by rick <laughs> <laughs> hold, on. hold on hold on hold on hold on i'm totally not in the know oh this is a real thing that happened yep. are you kidding me right now he went by rick <laughs> yes i i did not just... read that i i refused but yes okay. he, he went by rick he lost Listen. some memories and went by Rick. Mike, when you get shot by the KG beast in the head, uh-huh. uh, your memories are going to go away and you don't want to relive that trauma. So you're just going to take on a new identity. Now, also, I didn't read that. I was only reading the Batman run at the time. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. kind of get to see a little bit of that. But yeah, there, the whole Rick thing was. Uh, and he had. A, I love the cover with uh, Dick Grayson has a, a scar shaped like a bat where the bullet hit him. Oh my gosh! It is uh, all right. Top notch stuff right there. So, in the IRCB lore, everyone that's listening, don't tell anybody. But uh, if for future episodes, uh, I'm gonna get hit in the head, and then I'm gonna start going by um, Psych. I think that's what we're gonna call me, is Psych Rapping, um, and that'll be my whole trauma story or something. We'll figure it out. I guess I'll have to go read this run to see how many parallels we can draw to this show. That's insane! Incredible! That's insane! Yeah, so we're past that now. Now he's back to Dick Grayson, and okay. he came into a bunch of wealth from Alfred, and so it's kind of Nightwing is back. And is it Bloodhaven or Bloodhaven? I rarely say it out loud. I said Bloodhaven, but that's because I read phonetically because Spanish yeah. is my first language. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> so he- well, okay. Is this Bloodhaven? It has the umlauts on it, right? Yeah. So I think it's Bloodhaven. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's back in Bloodhaven, and he's Nightwing effing stuff up, and then he's Dick Grayson effing stuff up with his new okay. money trying to get people to uh, be safe and not on on the streets and vulnerable. Interesting. I I feel like hold on is this whole thing? 
I, flashes of memory are coming into my brain now. When he went from from Rick back to Dick, is that the, there were the ads that DC didn't run, or someone was posting on Twitter about like Dick is back or something oh like? My or God. I, I feel like there was a whole promotion about them using the name Dick as like a huge explosive thing. Maybe I maybe that was just all made up on Twitter, I think, I don't know. or it was a fever dream. I don't know. Mike's remembering the WWF when they got the F out. Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, any any other recommended recommended runs that you guys have in your list because I I definitely don't have any. I I do have another one with uh, an unusual uh, pairing for the Bad Family. Mm. So it's a James Tynion's Detective Comics run, and it, it's a long run. So there's a lot of artists, uh, but uh, I really like it because it features Batman, but he's very hands off in that run. Uh, then we have Batwoman, who is really the de facto leader mm-hmm. of the group, mm-hmm. uh, with Tim Drake, of course, my boys there. Uh, Stephanie Brown, spoiler, uh, not spoiler, like for the for the book. That's her character name. <laughs> right. in the book. She went by the name spoiler. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we have uh, Cassandra Kane Orphan, and then also Clayface joined the 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 team uh, as an oh. assist, which was the most insane thing. I until um, when, once you read it, it all kind of makes sense. But yeah, Clayface sure. being part of the, he like he's in the Batcave doing stuff with the Bat Fam, and it's it's crazy. Um, mm. It's a really cool run. I I really love the dynamic between that team. Uh, it's really sad because uh, at some point James Tiernan just plays with my emotions and tries to tell me that Tim Drake is dead, and I was reading that <laughs> in public and I started tearing up Ooh. and I had to stop. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, you get to this page, this page, and he's like, all these drones are about to shoot him. And I'm like, oh, no. Uh, then you, you keep reading and then comic book stuff happens. But that the reading that month to month really played with my emotions. But it's a really fun run with a different uh, with a just a whole different side of the family. And then you get others popping in like Dick Grayson and Batgirl pop in every once in a while. And of course, Batman shows up just to reestablish his dominance. Uh, but it's a really, really fun run. Interesting. I, you know what? Now that I'm starting to rack my brain, have I read any other Batfam titles? I cannot believe that I forgot about the Greg Rucka, uh, what was it Jage Williams the third run that they did of Batwoman? Yes. That was like Batwoman, and but it started in Detective Comics, and then eventually it became its own thing. Uh, I mean, Kate Kane is awesome. I, it's funny because it's not like she's a Robin or like a ward of Batman. She's just like a Batman adjacent character. Um, but it's interesting because I, you know, Batman does show up occasionally because of course it's a well, book. And they're cousins, um, right? They, yeah. they eventually, yeah. is that what it is? They brought them back. I don't, I don't think they're cousins originally, uh, but eventually they, they became cousins. Uh, Martha's, <laughs> Martha's full name is like Martha Arkham Kane or something. It's very weird. Sure. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> of the, of the Arthur Arkham Canes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh interesting i mean that's that's probably some of my favorite stuff about batman continuity in general is just how far writers will go to rewrite things in like a historical way to make it actually feel like oh no no this made sense all along right like to take that hyper compressed history thing of dc continuity and then just go yeah well we blurred the lines there all the way back in that thing where five years happened in 50 years worth of comics right um and now all of a sudden they're cousins and it all makes sense and everyone just goes yeah i guess that's fine not like it has a major change to the comics continuity um until like bloodlines become involved and then at that point it's just everything's weird but yeah that's <laughs> i guess they're cousins but i really love batwoman um the books that i read with her in it were amazing so like go read batwoman i guess that's my recommendation anything that's got batwoman on the cover you could probably read and have a good time yep um i guess yeah i get any any last recommendations here before we wrap up anything you guys really really love and want to make sure that people take a look at I do want to shout out the new series. Well, it's probably like nine issues in or something called Batgirls by Becky Cloonan, Michael Conrad, and Jorge Corona. And it's Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Cain, and then Barbara Gordon all living together under one roof. Not sure if anyone Mm -hmm. is actually going by Batgirl technically right now, but it's, (laughs) it's all the cool Batgirls. All the Batgirls, one roof doing cool stuff is this like a, a Batgirl of burnside kind of thing where like they're all living together in like some you cool know hip neighborhood or is it something else I, the neighborhood they are in is not hip i okay. i think it's like like spanning from like 
Fear State, but I did not read that Batman arc, so I technically don't know what's going on, but I, I'm just here for the good time. But it is gotcha. kind of like Batgirl of Burnside, where like they're all cool, just the part right. they're in isn't necessarily cool. Gotcha. Yeah, now that, now that Batman isn't rich... It's harder mm-hmm. for the bad family to have like these nice apartments in hip neighborhoods. So they <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. They have to they that's that's why they moved. I it, it didn't I didn't remember why they moved there until you said Fear State and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's what it is." So, even if I have read the books, I don't remember until you guys throw in some of these clues, but I like the Batgirls run too. It's uh Cassandra Cain and Stephanie Brown hanging out together. It's mm-hmm. some of the most fun on the page. I mean, and Becky Cloonan knows how to write a good dialogue. Yes. You know, I, I feel like everything that I read where she's getting to have a little bit of fun is always super solid. Yeah, for sure. I, I love I love the stuff that's mm-hmm. been going on. So really quick, we're just going to rewind before I know like Batman doesn't have any money. Is that what I heard? Do I need to go read a specific run to understand this? I think you go need to you need to go re-listen to when I was on the show with you and Nick because I explained the whole thing of Joker War. Oh, OK. <laughs> All right. Listen, in one ear, out the other with <laughs> no, these I, stories. I'm so sorry. I get it. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I myself Damn. don't even remember sometimes until I until I see that he's not in the Batcave, and I'm like, "What's happening?" But then he's back at the Batcave because he has like a mini Batcave. It's 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 weird. <laughs> he listen. I don't need you coming on my show and telling me what I do and don't know because you told me. Or <laughs> Bat, like, well, I just I want listeners to keep in mind Batman's like yeah. he's not rich, but he's not poor. He's right. like he's he's not rich like multimillionaire rich, but he's still rich. He's well off. Right. Um, he's still comfortable. Yeah. He's comfortable. One, one last person I want to <laughs> shout out because somebody else put it on the chat too. Harper Rowe, Bluebird. She oh. she does not get a lot of love. I think. Scott Snyder just kind of created that character and never really did anything with her. Uh, uh, but she is getting a CW show, so you know. Wow. There's that. that was that was the first thing that came up when I googled this name. So, okay, any IP that they can farm, I guess the CW will do it. Yeah, until Warner cancels it to tax it off. But <laughs> R.I.P. Batgirl movie, right? Oh, jeez. Well, oh boy, before, you know, I, I honestly still have so many questions, but I think we need to wrap up the show here before I start going insane and forgetting and remembering <laughs> things that I forgot. So uh, I guess thank you guys for doing this. I appreciate it. We'll, we'll take all your recommendations and put them in the show notes for anyone that's curious. Um, and I guess next time you guys are on, we'll have to you'll have to follow up and give me some more Batman trivia, because at this point, I feel like every time I learn five new things, there's five more things that I didn't learn. So. I appreciate you at least informing me about some of this stuff because oh, I'm going to take all these recommendations and read them all now. I want to get ingrained in the Batman world, and I think this is a good place to start. Yeah, that sounds fun. So I guess until next time, uh, next week's episode is going to be me. I'm going to be on the road recording. It's going to be a wild time, so get ready for that. It's going to be me in a totally different environment. Me and Paul and Kate are going to be talking about our Goodreads book of the month for August. This is banned books, so if you've been curious about any of those books that have been challenged or banned from different school districts and stuff, Kate, Paul, and I are going to be talking about uh, some of those books and understanding some of the complications that come in that there was a lot of discussion in our goodreads group about this so we're going to dig into some of that until then though you can follow us all on twitter you can follow paloma at paloma deer you can follow danny at echo spider you can follow me at mike rappin and you can follow the show at ircb podcast on twitter instagram and that good old tiktok where we're posting content like all the time if you want to get book reviews and stuff like that we're posting those regularly so follow us over there it's a really really good time and uh you know help us grow the social media i don't i don't know what to say about that but go do it it's really fun this episode first aired on patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons join today for exclusive series like ircb movie club saga of saga and more join now at patreon.com slash ircb podcast If you haven't already, please rate and review our show, Five Stars, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah, they have ratings. That was a surprise to me as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or wherever you listen to podcasts, because we deserve it. Also, whenever you're around people like a convention or the comic shop, just airdrop the show to somebody. Like, they, you know, if they accept (laughs) it, that's on them. Yeah. Join the IRCB Discord community to chat comics and more. Plus, you can listen to our episodes live as we record every week. Check the link in our Discord in the show notes. 
podcast grow best when spread by word of mouth, so why not tell your friends, family, and local comic shop about IRCB, or once again, airdrop the show. Infinity Shred is the best band in the universe. They do all of our music, and we cannot thank them enough. Xander asks that we speak in soothing tones, avert our eyes, and back away very slowly. I want to say thank you to Paloma and Danny for being on this episode. Thank you to Brian for proof listening. Thank you to Kev and Hugh for hanging out with us in the chat today. Thank you to everyone at home for listening. You are the best people in the universe. Until next time, comics are good, and so are you. Comics are good.